It's Friday. It's 8 p.m. And if you're not watching SmackDown, you're listening to B-Sticks Podcast. Oh, My name is Pasty. Chilly. Pasty, I'm Fat Mac, but it's 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 pretty chilly in here. There's like a a breeze. I don't know. It's like uh uh it's like it's a little drafty. Oh, it's really drafty in here, Fat Mac. And neither of us got pants on. I'm pantsless, baby. Oh, we got a huge show for it. you guys this week, folks. I think we're going to be struggling to keep this one under the two-hour bracket, but we will strive for excellence, as always. You mean Fat Mac will be struggling to keep it under. You're going to be struggling yeah. to push it past. <laughs> oh, you know uh, how it is. I like a challenge. <laughs> so in the air, uh, in honor of keeping things moving along, we start the show with our sponsors, Qualities T-Shirt Company of Wilmer, Minnesota, Bringing you high-quality custom tees with sublimation, heat transfer vinyl and decals, and shirts and merchandise for any occasion. Qualities T-Shirt Company will take care of you on the T-Shirt front and the entertainment front. As they're sponsoring a haunted house in Wilmer, Minnesota this year, it's going to be wonderful. And if that's not enough, if that's not beef sticky enough, stay tuned for Wilmer Mania 2. Featuring a performance from my good friends, Team Bad Decision, at intermission. That's right, local Minnesota hip-hop playing halftime at a wrestling show. What could be better than that? I don't know. Maybe a little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. You need a bubbly with your draft. And of course, folks, then there is Monster Wear Clothing, my good friend Corey Matthews, bringing you all your small run or bulk orders on decals, stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, glassware, jerseys, and many other types and styles of fabric, along with custom graphics and logo design services offered. This is top-notch quality, your one-stop shop for self-representation apparel in Minnesota. And folks, with Bound for Glory just around the corner, talking about representation, we are going to represent TNA's X Division, which is basically what gave Impact Wrestling their identity from the beginning to this date. And it also forms the center of NXT. Yes, it actually does. (laughs) And this week in pro wrestling history, folks, on October 17th, Petey Williams retained his TNA X Division title against a young Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega was in Impact? What? On the NWA. No, no, he was not. But he was on the NWA 56th anniversary show back in 2004 where the TNA X Division title was on the line against Petey Williams. So there you go, way back in 2004, before anybody knew Kenny Omega as a as a star, he was going up against little Maple Leaf Pump Petey Williams. So Speaking of stars, it's kind of how cool many stars did Meltzer give that this. match? He gave it seven Maple Leafs, is what he gave it. <laughs> But <laughs> that's exactly why we do this week in pro wrestling history, because how many of you out there even knew that Kenny Omega wrestled for the X Division title? It's kind of It's cool. awesome. It is. And then He's that brings us to our WWE. Token... 
It, well, he's been well, in WWE. Was, yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been everywhere. And that brings us to our token. Our ours, our Jim Ross ramblings, folks. And this is one from just this last week's um, AEW Dark on YouTube. <laughs> and this came from the amazing match of Joey Janela versus Kenny Omega in an unsanctioned lights out street fight. And Jim Ross said, just nailing him with those steel chairs or stairs, steel stairs. There's chairs in there too. Now on those hard steel stairs, or uh, uh, ladders, those ladders, or ladder, one ladder. I'll get it right sometime. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing that they don't do a radio show, oh, huh? I love our It would be so hard to follow that action. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a good thing they don't do a podcast. <laughs> It'd be rough. Uh, that's oh, wonderful. Fun stuff. That one's changed in the last 20 minutes. It did, it did. This was a rough one because I had short time to find one. I've been super busy this week. Um, whoo, crazy shit that, that, that has nothing to do with on air. Um, well, but nonetheless, and uh, and I, I came up with one that was okay, and then I came up with another one that was okay, and then probably an hour before we recorded, I actually went back and watched this amazing match on Dark, and I heard that, and I had to rewind it, and I had to write it down and said, this is it. <laughs> it's brilliance. And that is not the only new segment as that has started just last week here on Beefsticks Podcast. We have another new segment that we're temporarily calling The Best Reason, as the wrestling world is a little inundated with product right now, and you might not have enough time in your week to watch every show under the sun. Well, neither do we, but we'll sure no. give it the old college try. And I we never will went bring to college, to and neither did you, you lying bastard. <laughs> I've been in a college. <laughs> I've partied in a college. I've banged uh, college broads. There you go. So that's the best. It, we, we've been to college. Actually, to be fair, I graduated from a college, <laughs> but my GED came from a college. So, Well, there you go. Does that count? Yeah, yeah, let's count it. Okay, rock on. We got doctorates. Yes. <laughs> and we have scoured the bulk of the wrestling ocean for you guys to bring you the best reason to watch some of the wrestling shows that aired this week. It's pretty, I, I, I'm thinking this is going to be a good segment going forward and we'll always keep it right at the top of the show. So if you want to shut us up and go watch some good wrestling, you could do that. And folks, it's there's no specific number. We don't have a quantity we have to fill. We're going to give you at least one reason to watch wrestling because we are pro wrestling fans, and we're going to find at least one reason to watch it, even in the worst of times. But some days there may be eight shows that you definitely should watch. We don't know. But this first one, we figured five is like a typical nice comfortable number so we're going to give you our top five best reasons uh pasty should we kind of go back and forth you start with one i'll go to two and so on and so forth yeah we can do that uh my first pick for the week was aw dynamite because of the main event chris jericho defending his championship against darby allen in a philadelphia street fight match for the main event what a fight 
Darby put on, and he made Chris Jericho look young again. I haven't seen Chris Jericho have to move like that in the ring in a long time. And Jericho helped make Darby look like a star. Yeah, very much so. And we we do have to point out that they pulled out the uh, the segment that's probably the most classic Darby Allen segment. In fact, I've brought it up on this show, and I actually posted it on Facebook, uh, beefsticks.com Facebook. Um, but where uh, on this one, Chris Jericho duct-taped Darby Allen's hands together behind his back, and he did the suicide dive, and he did the moonsault, and those are awesome. He, he has got done that a before ridiculous with amount of offense with his hands but, behind his back. And this is what the few people that know Darby Allen mostly know him from that, and the people that don't know him deserve to see that, and I thought that was awesome. Yes. I also really like that he painted his body with his deep desire to be the AEW champion, and he painted champ all over his body. Granted, we all knew he wasn't going to win, especially with the stipulation being a Philadelphia street fight and Jericho having an astounding team of superstars surrounding him. No way. But if there's one reason you need to watch AEW Dynamite, let that be this. And folks, if you did not catch New Japan Pro Wrestling's King of Pro Wrestling event, you need to go back and at least find Sonata versus Kazuchika Okada. This is a great bout between perhaps the best wrestler in the world today in Okada, and everybody knows how I feel about him. I don't have to say it again. Taking on a rising star who could become the face of New Japan in Sonata. I definitely strongly encourage you to watch this match. And and go back and watch all of King of Pro Wrestling. There's a really amazing Will Ospreay match that I can't say enough about. But for sure, just find this match somewhere. It's on your internet, believe me. Yes. I'm going to bring it back to AEW really quick once more. AEW Dark. A little bit more accessible episodes are available on YouTube for you to watch at your leisure. And the match I wanted to spotlight from that was Joey Janela versus Kenny Omega in an unsanctioned lights out street fight. The match didn't matter, but it mattered to me. What a brawl. This was, I think, the first time... I've seen AEW put on a match that had the pacing and feel of um, a, a big New Japan match. And even just I, some of the simple stuff they did were f- putting each other through tables that were upside down so that, you know, you got more of the, the, the mechanism underneath the table than just hitting the flat surface. Oh, yeah, the uh, sunset flip onto the chairs that were faced, not seats together, but backs together. So you hit the the slimmest portion of it, the, the backs of the seats, the upright backs of the seats. And you yeah. and I both mentioned the uh, awkward sunset flip. That was kind of a botch, but they were both professional enough to turn it into an actual safe and effective-looking move. Yeah, yeah, no, this match was on point throughout the whole thing, and I couldn't believe what I was watching. And just to know that it is free for you to watch on YouTube is kind of, it's mind-blowing. That's pay-per-view event material. It truly was. 
And folks, another show that you should be watching on YouTube, and you have no excuse not to because it's free and easily accessible and on every single one of your apps, NWA Power. And Power. on the latest NWA Power... Power. <laughs> and on the latest episode, Aaron Stevens, who was formerly Damian Sandow in The E, and Ken Anderson, or Mr. Anderson. Kennedy. <laughs> Anderson. Kennedy. Debuted in the exciting second episode of NWA Power in one of their amazing um, side set interview segments, which I love so much. And it was great when I was watching this pasty. I was watching it with my son Phantom. And he said, is this one of those 80s shows that you watch? And I said, <laughs> no, this is actually one of the newer ones. He's like, it looks like it's from the 80s. I was like, I know. It's That's amazing. Great. <laughs> I love that the crowd is so small. You can hear the individual people heckling superstars. as they Yes. yes it's, I, I would love to be in the crowd in one of those. Yeah, it would be amazing. I, did, did, did Phantom freak out when, when Ken Anderson showed up, when, whereas he's met him? He has met Ken Anderson before. <laughs> yes, he did. He thought that was super awesome. I know I marked I marked the fuck out for both of these guys. More so for Ken than for Aaron. But it's always good to see Damian Sandow back in the mix. And I think he'll be good on NWA. He's got that old school aesthetic. Oh, for sure. He is definitely an old school soul <laughs> trapped in a new school world. So I think NWA is the perfect place for him. Yes. And then my final pick for the best reason this week is a match on NXT on USA or the WWE Network. If you like to watch it a day late, Pete Dunne took on Damian Priest, or as you may better know him as Punishment Martinez. This was his first, like, solid debut match in NXT. I think he said a squash match, but that doesn't count for shit. Right. This was an amazing match, well worth the watch. I think Wednesday nights rule supreme this week for for wrestling. I think they're going to going forward. Um, I heard great things about this match, and I got to say, for as much as shit as we give WWE for the wonky names they give people, I actually dig Damian Priest as a name, so I'm cool with that. And from what I've heard, again, I haven't watched this, but from what I've heard is um, Damian Priest the man formerly Punishment Martinez, even he, he's changed his whole look and body up to where you wouldn't even notice him if you didn't know it was him. Yeah, no, so he I'm wasn't very recognizable at first. I was like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> Although I, I guess I didn't see too much Punishment Martinez before he went or and signed with WWE. So, You know what? Honestly, I wasn't very impressed with Punishment Martinez before then. So this this could be good. I'm thinking he's going to do good things, and I, I honestly see him destined for the main roster, and I will be damned if we don't see him and Baron Corbin in a tag team at some point. Do you Hopefully think he not could forever. do good lucha things? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Pacey. Boy. And then um, a segment we're hoping isn't reoccurring very often, but we have an obligation to the people 
Yeah, to put if it's it shit, there. we're going to shit on it. Exactly. If there comes the best reason, we have to have the worst reason, Pasty, and I'm going to be the bearer of bad news on this one, and I will tell you that WWE Raw, the worst reason to watch it, or the best reason to avoid it, perhaps, is Bobby Lashley and Lana seem to be more concerned about Rusev not having fun, or canceling Rusev Day, than about each other. Why is this still happening? Obviously, the draft could have prevented all of this. We could have separated them, moved on, and like various other storylines in WWE, they could have just pretended like it never existed because it's not getting over. No, and it's just... It's obvious they're punishing Rusev for things that I don't know. Maybe they said... I have a feeling Vince told him he'd give him a push if he was a legal citizen. And then Rusev jumped through all the hoops to become a legal citizen. And Vince is like, damn, I didn't think he was going to do that. And so he's like, I'll cuck him. (laughs) But haven't we said, I mean, for years, ever since the uh, engagement photos came out and screwed up a storyline. Yeah. It seems like they've been punishing Rusev ever since then. Like, Like, just hasn't given up. Like, so petty. Yeah. And I'll be completely honest, this week's segment, it didn't even look like like Lashley and Lana were into the angle each other at all either, which... Well, they're probably not. I'm sure I mean, they're not. It's uncomfortable. Bobby Lashley is happily... I, I think he's happily married, but maybe he just has a girlfriend. And Rusev and Lana are married, correct? Yeah. 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 They're married. So it's like it's... Nobody's buying it in today's... In, in today's day and age. And if anybody listens to the new Arn Anderson podcast with Conrad Thompson, a strong recommendation, recommendation from me, he even said, you know what? If this happened back in the day, what you would do is you would have them see each other in like an airport or a hotel room or somewhere at a restaurant, and you'd just have Rusev and Bobby Lashley beat the shit out of each other. Because how do you not do that when somebody is on TV in kayfabe fucking your wife? Right, yeah. They're they're drawing it out too much. There needs to be some kind of interaction to, between Lashley and Rusev. Yeah, you either you either drop it or you go full bore with it and, and do something like that. There's no so, in-between with something like this. So this week's angle was Lana on a masseuse table. And there's a female masseuse rubbing her, her calves. And she's like, if you want, I could go deeper. And Lana pauses, and she's like, yes, I like it deeper. And then she keeps going, and she's like, do you like that, or do you want me to go harder? And Lana says, yes, I like it harder. And then all of a sudden, the girl goes away, and (laughs) Lashley walks in. She's like, oh, you've got such a gentle touch. It doesn't seem like Rusev's having any fun. Like, what the fuck? Weird. Super weird. I think they both just want to fuck Rusev really bad. I, I almost they wonder might. if this doesn't end in a threesome angle, which would be horrible. But if you're going to bury Rusev deeper, go for that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's my job to move this along, and, and yeah. we're going past time. But before I do, I just want to leave with parting words from uh, WWE legend Macho Man Randy Savage, who once said in kayfabe, I did one angle... Involving my wife, I'm no longer married. Yep. So just remember that, Rusev. Just remember that. God, that quote's been making the rounds these last few weeks hard. Oh, for and sure. It's, just, uh, it's so bad. 
I'm sorry, Rusev. You deserve so much better. You too, Lana. You too, Lashley. Everyone, go away. I'll, I'll get out of there. For sure. Get the fuck out of there and don't look back. <clears throat> and we're not looking back. We're looking forward as we have come through the WWE draft of 2019. If you missed it, we'll break it down for you. The draft rules were Actually, over- Pacey, we're not looking forward. We're looking up into the drafty address of the match, <laughs> the beefstick match. Yes, yes, indeed. Mini match, as I call him. Mini, mini match, match, mini match, match. <laughs> so over super, 70 superstars, actually 71 to be exact. I hate when companies 71. do that. If it's, if it's only one over, just give me the fucking solid number. <laughs> right. Or just give me the number to begin with. <laughs> right, right. If, if it's over 70, I'm expecting like 83 maybe, you know, <laughs> somewhere right. out there. If it's far. over 70 and it's 79, just say it's almost 80. I don't yeah. give a shit. Fuck. Uh, as well as tag teams are eligible for selection in this year's draft, SmackDown will draft 30 superstars and Raw will select another 41 superstars. There's your 71. Since SmackDown has a two-hour show and Raw has a three-hour show, for every two picks SmackDown makes, Raw will receive three. Tag teams will count as one Which pick. Which actually is kind of, that's that's kind of uh, not completely true because once you get to the, uh, quote, free agents or drafted off-air agents, mm-hmm. SmackDown actually got more than Raw. So that actually changes that percentage a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's real interesting. Um, tag teams can be counted as one pick unless Fox or USA Network specifically wants to pick only one superstar from the team or both as individuals, as we'll get into. <laughs> and any, any undrafted superstars will immediately be declared free agents and be able to sign with the brand of their choosing. Which, which didn't happen. Didn't happen at all. Ah. <laughs> uh, so on SmackDown last week, as we were airing B-Sticks podcast, the first round saw Becky Lynch going to Raw, Roman Reigns going to SmackDown, The OC going to Raw, that's the full team of AJ Styles, Gallows, and Anderson. What a pick, right? Three for one. Oh, three amazing talents. Bray Wyatt going to SmackDown. Wow. And Drew McIntyre rounding out the first round pick for Raw. So can we uh can we just right off the bat throw out how like the Raw Women's Champion got drafted to Raw? Right. And that's not the first I mean, we also had the uh SmackDown tag champions later on. Spoiler alert, got drafted to SmackDown. <laughs> like what is going on here? First of all, we don't know who's on what fucking brand. We don't know why they're on what fucking brand. And I hate to say this, but Pasty, within three months, they're all going to be on the same brand again anyways. Uh, we'll see. I just feel like with Fox and USA we'll being see, separate entities. We'll see, but you say entities, that, but every time it's happened. I, I have history on my side. Ah, uh, the first draft, the, the first split lasted longer. The first well, it split did, lasted years. But it still ended up with everybody being on the same show. Like every single draft oh, yeah. ended up with no, everybody it, being on the like same No, it's like the expansion. Show. That's why it's called the WWE Universe. It expands until it collapses in on itself and starts <laughs> over again. <laughs> yeah. Vince hired well, a, a team of scientists to come up with that. 
He's an asshole. Uh, so you want to let the people in on the second round picks? Yes. So the second round, Raw got Randall Keith Orton. SmackDown got the boss, Sasha Banks. Raw got Ricochet, formerly Prince Puma. SmackDown got the monster of Hmong men, Braun Strowman. And Raw got the cockle, Bobby Lashley. Yes. And let's point out here quickly that we're through the second round. That's 10 draftees, and you haven't drafted your top champions at all. <laughs> I mean, depending who you call your top champions, but right. we know who they call their top champions, yes. I'll say Becky Lynch and, and was a fitting first-round draft pick, but beyond that, it's like, what? What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, third round, Rob picked Alexa Bliss. SmackDown picked Lacey Evans. Raw picked Kevin Owens. SmackDown picked The Revival. And Raw picked Natalia. Why? You know what? As a huge Natalia fan, why would Raw pick Natalia? I don't know. She's better off on SmackDown, isn't she? Well, why would anybody pick her? I love her. I think she's an amazing talent. <laughs> she should have been a free agent. Bubble, yeah. yeah. Who the fuck would pick her? It's. I assume because she's Uh-oh. been there longer than any other woman or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So fourth round, Raw grabs <laughs> the Viking Raiders of Eric and Ivar. SmackDown gets Lucha House Party, which is apparently still a thing. We don't know why. <laughs> Raw gets Nikki Cross, who is part of a tag team. Uh, SmackDown gets Heavy Machinery, Tucker, and Otis, who hopefully will thrive in SmackDown because they need something. Yeah. And Raw gets the Street Profits, who we know will end up in NXT pretty soon again. Well, I mean, they lost their their NXT Tag Team Championships. I think they'll stay on the main roster. Uh, Montez Ford has enough charisma to carry a fucking... Oh, but it it won't be wrong. <laughs> I think they should split them though. I think I think Montez Ford should be pushed eventually, not now, but eventually pushed as a top tier superstar. He's good. Well, let me say this: whether this is racist or not, and it very well may be. I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize for that. They very much uh, come off as um, the reincarnation of Crime Time, and obviously JTG had tons of charisma. And was really good in the ring. And then you had um, Shad Jaspar, yeah, who was uh, a, a powerhouse, you know, yeah, just more a of the beast. Muscle. And they yep. were amazing, and they could have gone a long way. Yeah, and WWE wasted them. And I just see the same thing happening with them. Let's let's put this out here, pasty, because we've said it in the past. They're black. So <laughs> as much as we defend them, WWE doesn't give a shit about them. Right. Right. Yes. But I, I'm hoping you're for, either crime time or you're honestly, street profits. Like, Montez Ford has normal. the rock level of charisma. It's insane. Oh, he's awesome. I like him a lot. I, I, do I like him a lot. It. Angelo Dawkins, he's a good I foil agree. for Ford, I but I don't want to see them be a tag team forever. <sighs> I just, um, yeah, I don't know. But moving on. Yeah, so that was the SmackDown edition of the draft. Uh, it, it actually left me feeling like, wow, that was very lackluster. Other than, like, the first two rounds, it didn't really matter nothing. 
Uh, but then we come to Raw. Or which even the had first round, basically. Six rounds of draft. And the first round saw Seth Rollins being drafted to his own brand of Raw. <laughs> Brock Lesnar being drafted to his own brand of SmackDown. Of Charlotte Flair making the jump <laughs> of over course. Raw. Why not? Hey, we I can watch Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair feud for another eight months, probably. It's fun. The New Day got drafted okay. to SmackDown. And Andrade with Zelina Vega, who aren't a tag team, but still count as one draft pick. We're drafted to Raw. I'll watch I'll watch Andrade and Zelina for two different reasons. <laughs> then we got the second round draft picks. Kabuki Warriors was the first of the second round draft picks from Raw. I like that they were at least pretending that they're important to them because I love this tag team, and they are the champions. SmackDown drafted uh, Daniel Bryan, Raw then got Rusev, SmackDown got Bayley, and Raw got Aleister Black. Yes. All amazing talents <laughs> in that bracket right there. And as long as the Kabuki Warriors hold the Women's Tag Team Championships, they will be featured on both shows, but if they lose the championships, they're just on Raw. Which is... Honestly, the draft, I thought was a perfect point to do that with a lot of your titles. Get rid of the United States, keep the IC, get rid of, you know what I yes! mean? Yes! Get de- get it down to one tag team championship. Yes! And they didn't do it. <laughs> they just did it with the one. Which it should be. Yeah. Third round saw Cedric Alexander. They Alex- talents, but they also won't do enough with enough talents. Right, right. Uh, third round... Things start to seem a little weird for Raw at this point because the first draft pick for the third round was Cedric Alexander to Raw. That's right. Raw is starting to get a little more cruiserweight. Shinsuke Nakamura goes to SmackDown or stays on SmackDown, I think. Umberto Carrillo yep. goes to Raw, another cruiserweight. A cruiserweight who they're probably going to job out from the looks of his face. He's a pretty boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ali goes to SmackDown, and Eric Rowan goes to Raw, keeping him away from Bray Wyatt. Which is uh, good for Bray, bad for Eric, but I'm pushing for Bray. Then we have the uh, fourth round, and we got Raw getting uh, Murph Dirt, Buddy Murphy, SmackDown getting the team of Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler. They really should have split them up and done yeah, something Yeah, I with thought them. for sure this Ra was your gets... perfect opportunity to split them up. Your one no chance. Shit. They just literally that night lost the championships to the Viking Warriors. <laughs> yep. Ra got Ginger Mahal. Nobody knows why anybody would pick him. SmackDown got Carmella. And uh, Ra got our truth, perhaps the twenty four seven champion. We don't know because <laughs> it could have been lost between now and the twenty four sevens in between. And it's funny they split them up, but once again, Truth will probably be on both shows unless he doesn't have the championship, which doesn't make any sense because everybody should be able to be on every show if they're after that championship. Oh man, I'm walking myself into a paradox here. My brain hurts. Let's move on to the fifth round. <laughs> Yes. Samojo is drafted to Raw. Yes. The Miz is drafted to SmackDown. All right. Akira Tozawa. <laughs> yes. More 205 Live for the Raw roster. King Corbin goes to SmackDown. I love that move. And Shelton Benjamin, why are you drafted at all? 
you're going to Raw. <laughs> Basically, can I point out that both Samoa Joe and The Miz got picked as fifth-round drafts, but behind Ali, Carmella, R-Truth, Buddy Murphy, Umberto Carrillo, Cedric Alexander, Rusev, Alistair Black, Andrade. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's sad. Just fucking wow. It's sad. Sixth round, we get... Rey Mysterio on Raw, Shorty Gable, the stupidest name ever on SmackDown, Titus O'Neil, nobody knew he was still wrestling on Raw, Elias, fucking, they dropped the shit ball on him on SmackDown, and Liv Morgan, who I would have expected higher up because I thought they were trying to push her in a new direction onto Raw. Okay, that's the drafts, pasty. Yeah, it's At weird because they put Bray drafts. Wyatt on SmackDown, and the big rumor is spinning around is Liv Morgan's going to be doing something with Bray Wyatt on her gimmick change. I don't know. It's nah, weird. She's not. I think I still think Bray ends up back on Raw. He's a Raw-style character. You know what I mean? The Red Show. Um, But yeah, and then in between Raw and SmackDown, we had a bunch of superstars drafted off the air. I'll cover the ones that went to Raw. You cover the ones that went to SmackDown, and we'll move on from there. ALP was drafted to Raw. So was EC3, Eric Young, who is completely hairless now. He he doesn't look, he looks like nobody. He has no discerning features, no facial hair, no eyebrows, no hair. He is hairless. I thought it was so weird when I saw him. I'm like, is that Eric? Is that Eric Young? What the fuck? Why would you do that to him? I don't know. They should start calling him Rufus. (laughs) Sin Cara is still wrestling for WWE. He was drafted to Raw. The Iconics went to Raw. Sarah Logan. Obviously, her husband is on Raw, so that makes a little bit of sense. Mojo Raleigh. I thought he was on main event. (laughs) Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, the major brothers, are drafted to Raw. And no way, Jose. No way! No way. He's drafted to Raw. SmackDown got Apollo Crews who needs to go to AEW. The B team, Drew Gulak, Heath Slater, Tamina, Cesaro who needs to go to AEW. Luke Harper needs to go to AEW. Man, you're all Sonny Deville. Dana Brooke would do way better in AEW or MLW's new women's division, which we will get to later on in the story. And Drake Maverick, where I don't know where he fits in WWE or anywhere else, to be honest. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. He's. As long as there's a 24 championship, there's room for Drake Maverick in WWE. <laughs> yeah, well, I still don't like that championship, even though everybody else does. So that's uh, just me, personally. It's so minimal across both shows that it doesn't really make a difference anyway. And uh, now on to the unfortunate bunch who didn't make it into either draft pool and, and will not be used, at least for the foreseeable future. And, of course, we're talking about names that are pretty obvious, such as The Ascension, Aiden English, who's been commentating on 205 Live, which is probably dead now, Alicia Fox, The Colons, Drunk, Lana was drafted to neither show. That's, that's a good sign. Leo Rush, but he's been on NXT, and he just won the, the, cruiser, the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Maria Kanellis, Matt Hardy, Mickey James, Naomi, the Usos. Hey, hey, you finally did something about it. Round of applause for WWE, folks. 
Yeah. Ember Moon's out on an ankle Ooh, injury. By so the way, Pasty. Yeah. Ember Moon, while out on ankle injury, is actually uh being a trainer at a brand new startup wrestling school. I do not remember the name of it right now, but so she is actually still keeping busy and and being a Good. positive influence. She is a trainer, a head trainer at one of the new wrestling schools. Between now and the end of the show, I will look it up and find it out for everybody because they're actually taking applications, and I believe there is thirty exod spots available still. So I'll get that to you. I just Let's remember it right now. Let's sign up. Go ahead. Yes. Seamus has not made the list. Although he's dropped a whole fuck ton of weight since he's been out on injury and he looks really good. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table if and when he comes back. Lars Sullivan has not been drafted either show after maybe making one appearance or two appearances ever. Yeah, um, nobody really cares to be I'm honest. sure a lot of people are thankful Nia Jax has been nowhere in sight and will continue to be nowhere in sight, at least for now. Jeff Hardy is probably I mean, hanging out with the Usos. Nia Jax. And <laughs> Jeff Hardy is in jail with both of the Usos, just hanging out there on their D-dub charges, passing the flask back and forth. Yes. They're having a little pruno, probably. Having, sharing a little pruno. Some of you folks out there will know what I'm talking about with the pruno. Those who don't, you, you'll never know. Well, take a trip inside. You'll find out. <laughs> Maurice has not been drafted. Paige has not been drafted as she was the manager for for um, uh, the Kabuki Warriors until they became successful. And then she's been nowhere in sight since. And Ruby Riot will not be rehabilitated and ready for the bulk of 2020 from what I had heard. I know, which is sad because it is I'm very super sad. high on Ruby Riot and I, I expect so many great things from her. Pasty, unless you got something more to, to dock over, I got to push us quickly. Well, not on this list. But notably mentioned, Ronda Rousey has not been drafted to either show either. Correct. And she's out making babies, as we know. Yes. All right. Pasty, it's time for the greatest show on earth in Impact Wrestling. (laughs) Impact's Bound for Glory. And we have our predictions for the big show for all things Impact Wrestling this actually looks like a really fun show, and this is one of the pay-per-views I'm excited to watch, Pasty. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, too. I didn't really know anything about it until you put it up on the page, and now I, I, I think I'll definitely be watching it. So the first match starts oh, with the sure. Impact Tag so Team start- titles. The North, Josh Alexander and Ethan Page, the champions, taking on Rich Swan and Willie Mack, as well as Rhino and Rob Van Dam. In a triple threat tag team match. This will be fun. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say, considering uh, some of the picks I have moving forward, that uh, I think the North keeps it. I've been impressed with the North. I know you, uh, you've you been give or take with the North. They don't sometimes represent they me. That's what you say, even <laughs> though one of them is Josh from the North. Uh, I can't see Rhino and Rob winning them unless they're going to win them and just be transition champions to build another team, which is possible. I could see them. I could easily see Rhino and Rob winning them and then the Rascals winning it from them. 
Um, I'm high on the rascals, but <laughs> get it high on the rascals because they're stoners. <laughs> um, <laughs> they represent pasty very well. well. You tell me, Rhino um, and Rob Van Dam aren't. <laughs> I know, right? Be a whole fucking joint on a on a pole. And that's why the North does not represent me. You can't look at them and say they're stoners. <laughs> they're definitely not. Uh, but I, I'm sticking with the North. I'm I'm riding this pony out, pasty. I'm on the Rich Willie train. Rich Swan and Willie Mack are going to take it. Two greater athletes, it's hard to find in a tag team, to be honest. It's going to be a fun match. I That's what I know. Yep. Then we've got yep, the... That, that's a sentence. <laughs> then we have the knockouts title. <laughs> you were having a hard time talking. I just wanted to fucking say it. Uh, we got Taya Valkyrie defending her championship against Tanelle Dashwood, the Tenille. former Emma, the Australian hottie. That's not a knife, but she is sharp. <laughs> that was dumb. That was really uh. fucking dumb. <laughs> really well, bad. With the rumors of Johnny Mundo wrestling Nitro, Mo- not Moxley. He's every Johnny but Moxley. Mundo, 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 Mundo. <laughs> With him going to NXT, I can only assume Taya Valkyrie will be up in the air as well. If not landing an onstage role with WWE, landing something backstage, and being able to stay with her hubby. I think Tennille Dashwood wins the championship here. Because if she don't, she's going to AEW. Well, Pasty, I think uh, Britt Baker and Adam Cole would have something to argue with you on your logic there. Britt Baker will be at NXT in the said, next year. I guarantee I, you that. Uh, to be fair, I don't see Adam Cole going anywhere, so if one of them's making the move, she is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm with you. I picked Tanelle Dashwood. Uh, she's an amazing athlete. Ty Valkyrie is an amazing athlete. In fact, I would say she's a better athlete. But I love Tanelle Dashwood. I love her promos. She has great in-ring work. She has great exposure, and Taya's been champ for quite a while, de- deservedly so, but yeah, for sure. I see Tanel Dashwood taking it, if nothing else, because I don't know what Taya's contract is, and like you said, Pasty, with Mundo allegedly, allegedly, asterisk, asterisk, going to WWE, Taya might be leaving Impact. Yes. Then we have a trios match, seeing the Rascals, Desmond Xavier, Zachary Wentz, and Trey Miguel versus Dr. Wagner Jr., Aerostar, and Taurus. Dr. Wagner Jr.? This is a thing? Yeah, for a long time. I think when you think of Dr. Wagner, you, you personally probably think of Dr. Wagner Jr., Oh, okay. Dr. Wagner wasn't really in your timeline. That was like 80s NWA. Yeah, but he's the one I think of, isn't Stephen he? Lowell. The one who... who I don't think um, you do. I don't think Kamala, you do, no. right? With Kamala? No? Am I wrong all the way around? You're wrong. Junior. Okay. You're okay. thinking of Junior. Dr. Wagner Jr. is like 50-some-odd, 60. Okay. Yeah. Well... Cool to see him yeah, doing stuff still and with impact. Woohoo! Um, Pacey, with that being said, I'm taking on the Doctor Squad. I don't know why. Of course, I'm a huge radicals or rascals. <laughs> radicals. Excuse me. The new radicals. Obviously, I know. 
I'm a huge Rascals fan, but for some reason I just see Wagner, Aerostar, and Toros taking this one. Huge fan of Wagner Jr. and Aerostar. Don't know a whole lot about uh, Toros, but I I could see this being fine, and I could see maybe the Rascals just being too stoned to follow through with it. I don't know. Well, I support my stoners. I'm going with the Rascals because I know you're high on them, and I'm high right there with you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes and then I'm doing a quick check pasty um, to see if we know who the TBD is yet but we have a ladder match for the X Division title Jake Christ of OVW who is the champion defends his title against Tessa Blanchard Daga Ace Austin and a Possibly yet to be determined um, <laughs> individual. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. 2019, Bound for Glory. Um, still to be determined. So we do not know who the other wrestler is. Well, that's my pick. Is that going to be? Are, are you are you doubling down on that? I'm sticking with to be determined. It's always an entertaining time going with the unknown. Although so what, Tessa Blanchard is an easy easy way out in this match. I don't know if she's an easy way out. Well, she's the only uh, woman because thus far. Uh, there's never been a woman X division title holder. So I think that's cool. Uh, but I think it would be awesome if the To Be Determined was a foe of Tessa Blanchard's, maybe even, maybe even pasty, a Mrs. Taya Valkyrie who had just lost her knockouts title in his this match. I think that would be badass. That would be wicked. Um, so it would be cool if it was another female competitor and they ended up winning it. But I'm going to go with Tessa because... Um, for lack of a better phrase, she deserves it. Yeah, yeah, she's Impact's best kept secret, although the secret's been out for some time now. Is up! Uh, and then then up we next... got a pasty call your shot gauntlet match winner. Uh, um... <laughs> Pacey, go ahead and take this one, because this should have been yours, and I stepped on your toes when I thought it was supposed to be mine. <laughs> And then I fucked it up like an idiot. That's what I get. <laughs> this is the beauty of live recording, folks. That is uh, the truth. <laughs> so up next, we have a call your shot gauntlet match. Winner chooses any title championship match, which will be challenged for the title of longest match title in history by WWE at Saudi Arabia. And we'll get into that more probably next week because I don't have it written down yet. But it's a really long fucking title for stupid shit. <laughs> um, so with this one being said, you pick to be determined for, I pick to be determined seven. Should we just say whoever's named four and or seven, if there's even a seven, is who we pick? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we just like roll the dice on this? I feel like seven is a little nobody. Reaching. I should say that right now to those listening. Nobody's been been nobody's been okay. How about this seven or or the highest? Bef, you know, uh, other than seven. Does that make sense? 
Like yeah. if there's five people in here, minus five. Uh, let me just go the last. Should I say that? I'm going to change it to last. Okay. To be determined. I have a feeling last. it's going to be at least five people. I think a gauntlet match has to be at least five. At least that's WWE's uh, ruling on it. Yeah. So so nobody has been announced for this yet, folks. We don't know who's going to be in it. Pacey, you got four, and I got the very last contestant uh, winning it, which I guess in a gauntlet match is actually the favorite. So yeah. I think I'm a plus on there. That's why I picked four, because I assumed five, and so four would be the second to the last, and the odds are pretty good there. And that that's quite a good favorite. And you, yeah, yeah, so there we go. That means nothing. Um, this is mine, and I'll try not to step on it, folks. It's an MMA versus NFL match. We got Ken Shamrock versus Moose, 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 Moose. Was, was Ken Shamrock ever on ECW? Ice. Was he an ECW guy? Uh, ECW, no. Okay. He's well, been Moose in, has made he's his... been in TNA and Flash Impact, and he's been in WWF, WWE. He's been in UFC. Yeah. Uh, I just he's know been, Moose has made I his impact in lace, re- recently by taking on ECW guys, and so that's where I had to ask: Was he ever there? I don't believe so. Well. Even still, obviously, Moose is the legend killer of 2019, and Ken Shamrock is a bit of a legend himself. I think Moose goes over in this one. Um, I'm with you. I went back and forth, and I'm like, maybe Ken Shamrock puts him in his place for being a legend killer, this side or the other. If anybody can do it, it would be Ken. Oh, man. Ken Shamrock is a legit badass. If it was a shoot... Ken Shamrock would beat the fuck out of Moose today. I mean, that's not even a question. Moose is jacked. Ken Shamrock can fight. With that being said, I think the smart thing to do is to build Moose as they've been doing by having him beat Ken Shamrock, especially since this is their WrestleMania. Can you imagine if WWE never would have signed Undertaker back, that Undertaker would eventually lose to Moose? Moose, moose. Uh, yeah, I really. This is probably the one for me that could go either way the most, even more than the call your shot gauntlet match that has nobody <laughs> listed. It'll be a good one, that's for sure. And then we move on to the match of Maru Fiji. Versus Michael Elgin. And I don't know who Maru Fuji is. So, um, it's Maru Fuji, who, is, who has wrestled in Impact a few times before, and he is a uh, um, pro wrestling Noah fame. But I am not picking Maru Fuji. I think they're going to continue to push Michael Elgin, and Maru Fuji is a badass over in Japan, and I think this would be a good way to excel Elgin to smart marks, who are definitely going to be watching Impact Bound for Glory, but also is going to put a good match on for those who aren't smart marks and are just watching it for the show to make Elgin look good. So I'm picking Michael Elgin. Yeah, I think Elgin is just the more solid, well-known, rounded name. Uh, It would be cool if somebody I hadn't seen before comes in and beats him. I just don't see it happening. So I'm siding with Elgin. 
All right, and pasted that brings us to the main event, allegedly, but probably, Impact World Heavyweight title, Brian Cage defends his title against the psychotic Sammy Callahan. Oh, boy. Sammy Callahan's going to be hurting after this match. One way or another. I think they're both going to be hurting one way or the other after this match. Ah. I love Sammy Callahan, but the fact that he's such a despicable heel makes it easy for him to lose. And and it's for the Impact World Heavyweight title. Brian Cage has got to retain. You know, I'll, I'll give you this, Pasty. On the uh, the WrestleMania of your show, you usually want the main event to have the face go over. So, yeah, I could easily see Cage winning this and retaining his title. For some reason, from the first time I seen this match, I seen Sammy Callahan winning this, and I just I'm sticking with that. How dope the would it was. be if Sammy won it and Tessa won the X Division Championship, and then t- challenged Sammy Callahan for the Impact World Heavyweight Title? Because you want to explain it to him, Pacey, or should I? Because Tessa Blanchard took Sammy Callahan to the fucking limits already. That and because there is the rule that Austin Airy put Austin Aries. Who the fuck is Austin? Which Aries? is funny because this call your shot gauntlet match is basically a second X division and, championship. Yeah, of course it is, and, and they might not. They probably still don't even follow the rules with the X division championship after it. But Austin Aries made the rule that you could trade in your X division championship for a shot against the world heavyweight champion. So that would be badass, Pacey. I didn't even think of that, but I actually super like my ideas better now with everybody, like, <laughs> like the whole thing. Like you made my ideas come to fruition and fucked up your own in your own oh, little world. I know, I know I just did. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it. I'm going with Sammy Callahan. Thank you for making it's that okay. point. Even if I lose, I still want it to happen <laughs> all the way around. That, that would be cool. amazing. <laughs> I love it. Tessa Blanchard as the Impact World Heavyweight Champion. Beautiful. All right. But we got to have a tiebreaker, Pacey. What happens if we tie up? Oh, well, if we tie up, it goes on to the tiebreaker. And the tiebreaker this week is which championship does the gauntlet winner choose? So. We could, could both be up. wrong here because there's I, I a women's be- championship. And a tag championship. So, uh, yeah. I don't so think we, we both want to pick. So let's both pick two, and the chances of us being wrong are much less. Okay. So, so because of what you took, I think your second pick should be the least likely. So women's. Yeah, no. Tag. Tag? Yeah, you should take tag with the world championship, and I should take What the fuck do you think? Really? You think yeah. whoever's in the gauntlet might pick the women's championship? I think I think because so there's you're going the TV, with the two yeah. least likely, and I'm going with the two most likely. Oh, well, in my brain, it's elsewise. So yeah, let's go with it. I think you're wrong. I I, 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 <laughs> I think that I think if you win a, a shot at anything, you're going to go for the world X. So it's either world heavyweight or world tag if you're a tag specialist. I'm just trying. I'm trying to let you know how I feel that you're putting it against yourself. Yeah, it's fine. It's impact. I don't expect to win these ones. 
Oh, okay. I'm just. I'm as long just as I got AEW on lock, I'll be happy. Oh, okay. Well, you always have AEW on lock. There's no question about that. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to I'm you. Just I'm just saying, if that... nobody knows who's in the gauntlet match, what if it's all women? It, it could be. <laughs> you I just want to say this, though, folks. Pasty picked both of his choices before I picked any choice. I did. So this isn't me, like, saying I'm picking the easy choice. I don't think it's going to go to a tie, so I don't think it's a matter. I, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to go to a tie. But, okay, uh, Pasty, it is time to move on. No, it is get... not. We oh, have oh, just oh, a oh, few oh, minutes, oh, and it is oh, time oh, for Pasty oh, to get into Beef Sticks Beer of the Week. Oh, and this oh, week's oh, beer is brought to you by Pipeworks Brewing Company. It is Ninja versus Unicorn Double India Pale Ale, and it is a citrusy slam in the face. It is so this got so much body and so much widespread flavor. It expands into your entire cranium and oh, takes it's like over. Me. Yes, I got so much body and so much widespread flavor. Yes, and it's got a beautiful can. I'm gonna keep one of these and keep it on display at some point. Which I don't necessarily like oh, to do cans because I, I think that's kind of fresh. <laughs> there you go. It is truly the Fat Mac of Double India Pale Ales. Check it out. I am both a ninja and a unicorn. Brewed in Chicago, Illinois, so you know they still got that decent water. <laughs> <laughs> it, pro- it probably comes in a hoodie. I don't know if that's racist or not. I just said it. It's a good beer, though. I like it a lot. The flavor profile is large and in charge. I am so proud that you have a badass beer. I don't. I'm poor right now. I'm drinking Coors Light, which I strongly recommend to anybody, which is cool. Watch the Mountain Stern Blue. It's it's cool. <laughs> but we're moving on to Pasty. If you got the button ready. Oh, I do, Fat Mac. It is time. Yes, folks. And coming in at the top this week, Bushi Road, New Japan's pro wrestling parent company, has purchased the all-women's Japanese promotion Stardom. Stardom's Twitter account wrote, Stardom has been acquired by Bushi Road. More details to come shortly. Hopefully they don't shave the bush. Stardom was founded in 2010 and has featured names like Io Shirai, Tony Storm, B. Priestley, Hana Kimura, Katsiku, and Mayu Iwatani. That's a good get for New Japan, man. We've said for years they don't have any real strong women's presence. It's amazing. They don't. It's been few and far between at best. So this is awesome. And what's what's cool is this isn't the end of the news on women's division. And if Fat Mac was on the ball better, he would have put more news on the women's division higher up, but or in a different spot. But he didn't. But this is cool. This is awesome <laughs> because this is what New Japan needs. It's about the only thing they're missing. You want tags? They got it. You want trios? They got it. You want cruiserweights? They got it. You want heavyweights, they got it. You want hardcore, they got it. Oh, what? they're only missing women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. 
And the most beautiful thing about this is it potentially puts a, a hankering in WWE's plans to open their NXT Japan, as we'll get into shortly. True. Now, to be fair, apparently... Honestly, uh, with them going to a national Brian? broadcast thing, NXT should just stick to NXT and draft people from around the world. Well, Bushi Road plans on running stardom separately from New Japan. Which so is it fine. would still be its own program like it is now, and New Japan would still be its own program now. The only difference is if they wanted women's matches, and even more so, they, they've stated more so for overseas tours to have a couple uh, women's matches on there that they would use stardom. So over in the Orient, it's more understandable to have only men's or only women's. But when they come over here to, to America, which they have obviously made a priority of, they want, or or even into the UK or Germany or wherever else, they want to throw in some women's matches, and it's easier for them if they own. Uh, for lack of a better word, own the women who are wrestling. Hey, I know for the better part of a year and a half, I have stressed that I wish WWE would give women their own show and their own platform to take their own opportunities in. Oh, pasty, and we're going to be disappointed with the news coming up about that. Woo! I love disappointment. (laughs) But we're not there yet, and pasty... Blow it right up my ass. Are uh, Are you ready for this button? Of course I am. All right, folks. Dave Meltzer reported in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that WWE had plans to hold the May Young Classic tapings on Saturday, November 2nd and Sunday, November 3rd at Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. (laughs) However, plans appear to have changed. It seems that WWE has decided against holding another all-women's tournament until 2020, if at all. (laughs) Now, this comes after the WWE NXT ticket website advertised last week the Mae Young Classic tapings for early November. The notice for those tickets was removed as no announcement was ever made. As of this recording, Pasty, there's no word yet on when the 2020 tournament will be held. The plans being next come recently, as Triple H actually just hosted a media call back in early August, where he mentioned how the company was working on finalizing plans for the tournament. In fact, at that time, he stated that the tournament... um. Uh, and WWE would be making an announcement very soon. And uh, I guess their announcement was that it's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. And guess what? You're not getting evolution either. And still no women wrestling in Saudi Arabia. And guess Arabia. what? We're still going over to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and no women on the, on the card. Exactly. Oh, you know, I'd be fine with them getting rid of the Saudi Arabia shows and keeping the Evolution pay-per-view of all yeah. women's wrestling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do do three of those a year instead of Saudi Arabia. I'll be all for that. <sighs> well, Fat First Mac- of all, I'm pissed that 
I'm never going to watch a Saudi Arabia show, but they're having Hogan versus Flair teams. <clears throat> and uh, that just bothers me. I, I will shamefully be tuning Flair, in. But I'm not going to watch it. I will shamefully be tuning in. You can do it. You can do it for me. <laughs> Somebody's got to take that bullet. Anyways, in other news on this week's NWA Power, it was announced Into the Fire, which is also the theme song for the show. God, I love it. I, I, uh, Every time I watch it, I feel like, am I, am I on acid and going back to the 80s? What the fuck is happening? NWA is quickly becoming my favorite guilty pleasure when it comes to wrestling. It's so great. It's beautiful. But Into the Fire will be the company's next pay-per-view on December 14th, just in, si- in time for Christmas, folks. And it is already sold out. You cannot go there, but you can order the pay-per-view. The show will begin at 6.05, that classic time of 6.05 p.m. Eastern Time from GSB yes! Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, Georgia. Currently, the studio being used for its weekly show. Those tickets are always going to be sold out, folks. Don't you dare ever hope on getting one. There's like 50 seats in that place. <laughs> exactly. I'm so cool with uh, that, this, though. Like, less awesome. crowd and more, like, expansive hope- reach is amazing. Oh, for sure. And, and I'd be willing to bet they're going to add a few sh- uh, seats for this pay-per-view and going forward, I would assume. But th- this is great. I love it. I want to see more of this. It is a fun, intimate feel, isn't it? It is. It's 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 very special in the wrestling world, and it is amazing to me. Well, Pasty, as we kind of alluded to earlier, WWE officials have been planning a NXT Japan brand. Dave Meltzer himself noted on Wrestling Observer Radio that officials are working on the project, and they've talked to a number of companies in Japan about a potential deal. It was said that WWE has tried to buy a Japanese promotion so that they would have a foundation for their NXT Japan, which makes a lot of sense, especially with the culture differential. But there's no word yet on if any of the deals have gone through. One of those companies, Pasty, is allegedly Pro Wrestling Noah, the home of uh, Kenta. But the deal, as far as this recording, has not been reached. Honestly, in this landscape, in the wrestling world, should any company consider selling to WWE? Wrestling is the biggest cash cow it's been in ages. I I would stand on my own two feet and be as stubborn as I possibly could, even if my company was only worth 50 bucks at the moment. Yeah, I guess I don't know what the Japanese wrestling landscape looks like outside of America, obviously. We know New Japan, yeah, they have no problem. But then you also have All Japan, you have Noah, you have Stardom, which was just bought out. Um, you have DDT Pro Wrestling, which is still a thing, and there's a few other ones. So I, I, I don't know. I guess it's a, 
it's a different world than we have here. And to be quite frank, Pasty, I don't think we know where most of the companies outside of WWE land here in America because everything's changing so fast. It, it's weird, but I know for a fact that each year more and more American wrestling fans are looking outside of our nation's borders to find true good wrestling. So I think any company oh, would truly. be able to stand on their and own that's two positive. feet. Yeah. You just keep doing what you're doing to be unique and be successful, and things will be fine. Nobody needs WWE anymore, and WWE doesn't need any more signed talent. That's kind of true. It is. It's beautiful, but it's true. You know, back when we started this podcast, it would have hurt me to say that, but it feels so good right now to be a wrestling fan. Well, tell the fans what else is beautiful that they could actually uh, sink their teeth into and, and brighten up. Oh, it's fun for the whole family. Mick Foley has released his first in a series of adult coloring books. The inaugural book is titled Cactus Jack and the Beanstalk. The book is a coloring book retelling of the classic children's tale, and the hardcore icon is donating 100% of the profits of this book to Connor's Cure. (laughs) The proceeds will be going to Roman Reigns. (laughs) The pediatric pediatric Uh cancer research charity created by WWE. Pediatric and Roman Reigns. (laughs) Right. Pediatric with an asterisk. <laughs> um, to be fair, this has nothing to do with Connor's Cure. I super want to buy some of these adult coloring books because yeah. A, I love adult coloring books. B, I love Mick Foley. <laughs> adult coloring books are so much fun. So, and I, honestly, I, I buy adult. Get them for the kids. You know, it'll keep your kids more entertained having more to do than just coloring a vast open space of whatever the fuck. Uh, yes. yes. Now, Pacey, we are moving into the comings and goings, and we've got a really big, long one. So I'm going to try to knock um, most of it out in one slap, and then we can go over it. Uh, but if there's something you need to, to get into or something, interrupt me, because that's fine. All right. So coming and goings, I'm sure all of you have heard this week because it's everywhere. But we got the news from, uh, personally, at at Beef Sticks Podcast from Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated that Eric Bischoff, who has been serving as the executive director of SmackDown since July was informed that his services were no longer needed by WWE Human Resources on Tuesday morning following a creative meeting at WWE headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut. Now, WWE's decision to release Eric took place on Monday night during the Raw show, allegedly. According to a WWE official speaking to Pasty... Dave Meltzer. Oh shit! We've never used Eric this button three times in a show before. No vision. Meltzer. 
Oh, that's where the button itself. It's a new record. <laughs> um, so, so the official said that Eric had absolutely no vision, and once we were headed into Fox, everything was falling through the cracks. Eric messed up multiple times with SmackDown's new home. The official also said that the former WCW president didn't have the stamina to work a 2019 WWE schedule, which, by the way, I think very few humans are able to uh, follow. Well, I mean, it depends on if they wrote, keep cutting them house shoes. Yeah, I know. Meltzer wrote, Bischoff would work a full day, and he just said, work a full day. Keep that in mind, folks go out to dinner with his wife, and people would complain that after 7 p.m. on certain days, he would become impossible to reach. Oh, no! Effective immediately... I know, right? <laughs> Effective immediately, Bruce Pritchard has replaced Bischoff as executive director of SmackDown. Bischoff wrote, Bruce is a great producer, good friend, and I am certain that he is going to thrive in his position. He's going to be working with a great team of the most dedicated and hardworking people I have had the pleasure of working with and getting to know. So at least Bischoff's being very professional as of right now. Let's wait till Monday when 83 Weeks drops. <laughs> right. Pritchard responded, calling Bischoff a friend, saying, Much love and respect to a great businessman creator, and friend. Thanks, Eric. Many expressed when Bischoff was fi was first hired, it was believed that he was largely being hired as a scapegoat, and they speculated that he would be fired as soon as something went wrong to, quote, show Fox they were completely serious, unquote. In fact, in the latest uh, Grilling JR with Conrad Thompson... Not only do they point out the fact that when Bischoff was first hired, they literally said that on their show, that Bischoff <laughs> was only hired to be fired when something went bad. But uh, JR put out the, uh, the amazing quote of, don't buy rent. In other words, everybody who's one of the... Uh, main benefactors of SmackDown, Raw, whatever, uh, they're only there in order to be let go to, quote-unquote, prove that WWE is doing something to change negativity. <laughs> so what so, about Vince? Shouldn't he be the first person on that chopping block? Uh, realistically, <laughs> yes. <laughs> But that's we why he hires we're serious. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. So also effective immediately, though, is Bischoff's re-entry into free agency pasty. This is something Woo! we don't hear a lot. And he was drafted to SmackDown. Being let go. <laughs> Bischoff was a, quote, at-will employee, unquote. Which is everybody. WWE, which is different from a contracted performer. He is not required to adhere to the 90-day no-compete clause common of released WWE on-screen talent. So, Pasty, 
With his new free schedule, Eric Bischoff has been announced for the upcoming StarCast <laughs> 4 convention. And I'll bet he has a lot to say. <laughs> Eric Bischoff uh, is signing with AEW. Announcement just one... <laughs> he made the announcement just one day after Bischoff was fired as WWE SmackDown executive director. They wrote on their Twitter, he's back. And better than ever. <laughs> Eric Bischoff is coming to StarCast 4. Join us November 7th through the 10th in Baltimore. A lot to chew on there, Pasty. I know. Now, the uh, things I've been reading on the internet also have me thinking. Eric Bischoff was can. never really a creative guy, was he? Vince Russo was the creative guy. He, and Eric I, Bischoff was just the face to bring it into fruition. Vince Russo? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, we're talking WCW days. Vince Russo? Russo didn't do shit for... I, I Vince thought he Russo? Did. He jumped shit back and forth, I thought. I don't know. But either way, er- Eric Bischoff about? was never really a, a, a creative... Eric Bischoff created, created the NWO. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he created the NWO. He created Bill Goldberg. He created... Yeah, none of that had anything. Vince, um, Vince didn't come in until uh, 2000 when Eric was fired, and that was literally when the ratings all went to shit. I just feel like yeah, Eric the role that Bischoff was hired for for WWE was not to his skill set to begin with. I could be wrong. No, I think it was because he's dealt with um, obviously like uh, TNT Turner, so he knew how to deal with Fox. Um, he knew how to deal with all of all of this stuff. He's never had to deal with management as far as WWE because the only time he's been in WWE was as an on-air talent. Mm-hmm. So where they say like. He didn't make it to meetings, and he wasn't available. You know, you you talk to Bruce Pritchard, or not myself personally, but anyways, <laughs> you hear about Bruce Pritchard and Jr. talking about how you'd get called at two o'clock in the morning, and Vince would just say, "Hey, I I got this idea," or you'd get called at four o'clock in the morning, or you'd call at three thirty in the afternoon. Like he right. did, he he never slept. Yeah. They all say he twenty minutes sleep. at a time. With WCW, yeah, with WCW, that obviously didn't happen. Ted Turner had a schedule; he had a business, um, so obviously he wasn't equipped to that. But no, Vince Russo wasn't big on any of the real. Um, creative during WCW other than literally what's considered their worst times. Yeah. But I have heard that Bischoff didn't have a lot to do with creative while he was at WWE and that Bruce Pritchard did most of the creative there. It makes sense because historically I feel like Pritchard might not be right now, but historically he's been more of a Vince Yes man than what Eric Bischoff would have been. Uh, I 100% agree, but I will say that on JR's latest podcast, he told Bruce Pritchard, um, 
I probably wouldn't have bought a house like you did. I would have just rented. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vince's yeah, filthy fingerprints are still that. all over everything. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that Eric Bischoff was literally hired just to be fired. And some of those people have said that before he was fired. So it kind of seems like that was kind of his job. He was hired as a scapegoat. He was hired because they knew He's Jesus. That shit wouldn't go good during SmackDown. He and was they made can, the Messiah to yeah, be crucified. Yeah, and they can say, oh, we hired, we hired this big name who's really good with huge companies. Oh, everything failed. Two weeks after we started. <laughs> oh, we'll fire him. We're giving up a huge thing by firing him. <laughs> Two weeks. Two weeks. He couldn't that, have that done should be, anything that he should, in two He weeks. should rename his podcast, right? <laughs> From 83 weeks to two weeks. No yeah. shit, he should. <laughs> 83 weeks to At two the very weeks. least, his segment at... Come at, on, at, he didn't do it. His segment at StarCast should be called Two Weeks. Uh, I think that would be amazing. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> AEW is going to sign him so fast now. Now that's obvious. Just because they're, he's never going to do anything. I hope they do it just for an on-screen persona. Just <laughs> yeah, to have him yeah. as a manager or something stupid. Dude, yeah. have him manage the inner circle, man. Oh, that would be so amazing. Pacey, he should be. He should be the manager for the inner circle. <laughs> Woo. I love it. As if they're not NWO um, enough Pacey, already. Uh, I know. We have to we have to keep moving. Yes, so, we so do. So move on to the next thing. I'm, I'm trying my best. I know it. <laughs> Bad news for Tommaso Ciampa, the Black Heart of NXT. It is now official that top indie star wrestler Shotzi Blackheart has signed with WWE. NXT General Manager William Regal appeared last Friday's Evolve 137 event and presented Blackheart with an NXT contract after her successful Shine Nova title defense over Aja Pereira. Yeah, yeah. Good for her. She's super badass. She's got a great look to her. I mean, she will get over just by image alone. So, so her and Ciampa are going to be put have, together, right? Like, they have to be if he's the black card. Honestly, I think that would be great. I honestly think that would be great. Anybody and who he can call her Goldie. He can is, call her Goldie. He doesn't even need the championship back at that point. <laughs> Goldie Blackheart. I like that. <laughs> and it, Anybody who doesn't know who she is, go uh, hit up your Google machine, put in Shotzi Blackheart, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, not only does she look badass, I think she'd work with Champa. <laughs> and somebody else who would actually work with Champa, but I could see her. I always like Champa shots with tomato champagne. Scarlet Bordeaux pasty. Yeah. Scarlet Bordeaux will also be starting with WWE soon. Bordeaux has actually canceled her upcoming bookings including the Fight Forever tribute to Bret the Hitman Hart event in November. God, you would think that uh, 
WWE would let her make that one. But Our fight forever chance not. as old as Bret Hart's career? Oh, longer than that. I didn't know that. Scarlett I thought Bredo that was more of a new thing. She'll be appearing at the Baltimore Comic Con this weekend, though, along with her boyfriend, Killer Cross, who may or may not be with Impact. We don't know. That's an ongoing fucking thing. He's going the to Baltimore Comic Con will be Birdo's final independent meet and greet before she starts with WWE, though. And speaking with Wrestling Inc., Birdo mentioned WWE has been moving in a more risque direction this year, which Birdo was happy with. If you folks remember a few months ago, we were actually talking about Scarlett Birdot and WWE being interested in her, but the fact that her character was a much more risque character than WWE is used to. So either she's willing to tone it down or WWE is willing to tone it up. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yes. MLW today announced that Zeta Zhang will fight in the first ever women's division match for Major League Wrestling at MLW Blood and Thunder at Guilt Nightclub in Orlando. That's funny. <laughs> On November 9th, the event will be a ML Fusion TV taping for BN Sports. As for Zhang's opponent, MLW can confirm that league officials are in talks with an undisclosed female fighter to step in the NMLW ring. More details are expected soon, Fat Mac. Soon. Was that it? That was it. <laughs> it's cool that they're getting a women's division. All right. <laughs> I guess I guess if MLW's missed anything, it's been I, women's talent. I think talent. it's awesome. Yeah. That that's pretty been. That's it depends on who else is going to be it's in kind it. Kind of ironic, it, you know. It hinges on that. <laughs> well, MLW has been more than willing to work with multiple promotions, which I think is awesome. So I can see them getting some of the best independent women to show up on their shows. You know what I mean? Yes. Smiley Kylie Ray to MLW confirmed. Yes. But I also think it's ironic that, as you know, and I honestly, I'm, I'm putting this out here. I don't think one has anything to do with the other because these things take months to put into practice and to move along. But it's kind of cool that both New Japan buying Stardom and MLW creating a women's division are happening at similar times. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great for women's wrestling. It means you don't only have to go to WWE to make that top check. Yeah, or AEW, or Shimmer, which is one of the hugest women's pro wrestling events, or WOW Women of Wrestling, which have their own station, or, yeah, I mean, yeah, in a perfect world, we'd have all wrestling shows be both genders. It's just nice seeing all facets of different styles of professional wrestling expanding at the same time. This is 
We're, oh fuck! We're not even half done. But this is truly <laughs> the the best time in the world to be a pro wrestling fan, no matter oh, what yeah. gender you are, no matter what you prefer. Um, moving on, I'm gonna say that Impact Wrestling has signed Katie Forbes to a deal. Women's Pro Wrestling Weekly sent word that the indie wrestler, actress, and model revealed on their show that she's inked a deal with Impact, saying, "Quote." Yeah, so they let me be me, and I can embrace it. So you will see a lot more of that, because starting today, I just signed with Impact Wrestling. Unquote. You may have seen Forbes recently in Twitter pics that went viral with her boyfriend, who is the current Impact star Rob Van Dam. She was seen with him and a friend of theirs in a pool together. She is the more tattooed of the women. I say that because I can't mention a color of clothing because all individuals involved were unclothed. Well, I ain't saying she's a gold digger. But... Well, I ain't going to fucking say that. <laughs> you can finish it for yourself, folks. Because Cain Velasquez is no longer competing inside of the octagon, but rather inside the squared circle as he's signed WWE. Mark Raymundi of ESPN reported Saturday that Velasquez has signed a lucrative multi-year deal with WWE in which he will... Fulfill eight months of that and then go on a baby-making vacation. Kane has also notified the UFC of his retirement. Velasquez has even already been removed from the USADA drug testing pool as he takes on Brock Lesnar's steroid plan, as well as removed from the UFC heavyweight rankings. Okay, now, <clears throat> Pacey, I heard you read that. Have you have you seen any Cain Velasquez's pro wrestling matches, not UFC matches? Isn't the only one the one where he tag teamed with Cody and then they chanted some homophobic stuff at the end and got in trouble for it? No, Cain Velasquez has been pro rest, has been wrestling for quite a while in Mexico. I know everywhere outside of WWE, he's been a masked lucha, which probably won't happen in WWE because they want to sell his face for brand recognition. Correct. What I, I want to say any of is, matches, I want though. folks. Okay, what I want, what I want is, I want folks who are listening to this. To look up Cain Velasquez pro wrestling matches. And yes, he will be under a mask, but it's him. Make make no mistake. It's actually the, the CM tattoos Punk. Match. Don't be fooled, it's, it's him, 100%. It's, yes, there you go. Uh, but I want you to go and I want you to watch those matches. I want you to watch the Huracan Ranas. I want you to watch the Springboard uh, Arm Drag. I want you to watch every pro wrestling movie makes, and I want you to say to yourself that you still don't think that he should wrestle in WWE. Cain Velasquez so has literally given up. 
I'm saying he's very good. Is okay, what I'm saying. I have not I'm saying been sure that he that. is actually dedicated. No, I'm saying he's dedicated to being a pro wrestler and that he is what, and I can't say he won't change, but he's what Brock Lesnar was when Brock Lesnar started. Remember how much he put out there? Remember the fucking uh, shooting star presses and everything he did? Oh, yeah, yeah, back when he gave a damn. Yeah, this is where he's at. Now, he could change, obviously, but right now, Cain Velasquez is a really, really, really good pro wrestler, and I think people are shitting on him too much just because of where he's come from, and maybe just because of Brock Lesnar. It might be Lesnar's fault. I kind of think so, and I'll tell you what I want to see from this run in WWE is I want him to have his three matches with Lesnar. You got to go three, of course. But then I want him to go to the opposite brand, and I want each brand to have a UFC male superstar because I do not want to see them running the top ranks on SmackDown for the foreseeable future. Right. Oh, yeah, understandable. Yeah, I like that. And honestly, I wouldn't mind if if Kane ended up coming over Brock in the end, taking the WWE Championship, staying on SmackDown, and Brock goes back to Raw to be with Paul Heyman. I am, and you know what, Pacey? Talking about MMA, we we got to bring up uh, a guy who's been making a lot of noise lately, Jack Hager. I know his fist made a lot of and noise off the head of Darby Allen. Well, I'm telling you, according to a report from Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Hager's AEW deal will not allow him to actually compete in a wrestling match until he's had his next fight for Bellator. His agreement was that he's doing TV every week and taking Tuesday and Wednesdays as his day off training while training the other five days. But he wouldn't wrestle matches until the fight to avoid the injury risk. Now, I'm telling you what I have read and heard. What I don't get is that it says he will be taking Wednesdays off, but Wednesday... Yeah, no, no, no. Tuesdays and Wednesdays are his days off of his normal Bellator training regime. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's his weekend and Wednesdays is... That makes sense after I said it out loud. Yes. Yep, you're right. And honestly, I think I think uh, you know this is probably a smart move by AEW because it keeps him out of the ring for a little bit longer, so you just get to see him in spurs, and it keeps that excitement. Because I know a lot of people weren't excited to see him. A right. lot of people did not have the energy I had when he debuted in, in AEW. No, but AEW needs bigger non non crack monkey. To uh to steal a term from Eric Bischoff, wrestlers, I I love Crack Monkey wrestlers. I love the Lucha Brothers. I love mm. the Young Bucks. I love Jungle Boy. I love all of these people who are awesome. But you you also have to have the King Kong Bundys, 
the Andre the Giants, the Jake the Snakes, the Big Bubba Roger. I mean, you have to have these guys also. And Jake Hager is one of those guys who isn't going to do a ton of flippy fun moves, but he'll put you in an awesome hold and he'll beat the shit out of you because he may not be huge in WWE. In AEW, he's one of the bigger guys, Pasty. Oh, yeah, definitely. And he was a big deal in his run with MLW as well, and I'm sure he's still there off and on. But he's he's established himself as a big guy, and AEW doesn't have a lot of Matt wrestlers, a lot of Greco-Roman-style wrestlers. No. And he's going to bring that to the table, and I think that's going to play off well off of a lot of the AEW roster. If you can keep him from talking... That'll be great, and and, and for now, and if he's just if he's that. just Jericho's muscle, that's perfect. It's yep. a great way to build oh, exactly. him as a strong guy. You don't fuck with. Oh, exactly. That's somebody knew where they were putting that person. That's strategic. Yeah, no, I'll never, I'll never speak bad about Jack Swagger, Jake Hager, Jake Swagger, as as Jr. called him in the inaugural episode of AEW. Dynamite. <laughs> uh, <sighs> what about Taylor? Uh, what about Tyler Bateman? Well, Tyler Bateman was reported. Oh, wait, we're not even there. Okay, then. <laughs> don't do jump that. the gun. Then. Do whatever you want to do. I don't know. Woo! I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to move well, us along. I'm, I'm going back and forth because we're, we're do whatever you want to do. Which one do you want to do? And I'll do the other one. On this week's edition of NXT UK, it was officially announced that Spain's <laughs> A-Kid has signed with WWE. Although only 22 years old, A-Kid has been wrestling since 2012 and has received several WWE tryouts earlier this year. Although, if you've received several tryouts, why would you get your hopes up now? That means you failed a bunch. Okay, Pacey, A-Kid was in NXT UK, but Tyler Bateman was a re- reportedly signed to Ring of Honor. This, according to PW Insider, Bateman was part of the New Japan Pro Wrestling Los Angeles Dojo back in 2018. He already had his Ring of Honor debut last month at Death Before Dishonor Fallout, which was a taped show, not the pay-per-view, and that was where he defeated Jake Atlas. Now, later on the show, he attacked Lifeblood member Tracy Williams. So he was trying to make a name for himself. He's a former champion in many independent promotions, but Ring of Honor is the largest stage he has performed on to date. Although, pasty, last year Bateman had tryouts in both WWE and Impact Wrestling. Wait, Tyler Tyler Bateman aren't the same person? They're not. Can they compete against each other, please? Or make a tag team. <laughs> the masturbates. The masturbators. Yes. And Fat Mac, I know you're requesting a break, so I will let you take this short next one, and I'll take the one after that, my friend. 
I'm okay with that. The OVW alumni, uh, Stefan Smith, has signed with WWE as a full-time referee. We expect great things from him. He is not only a very good pro wrestler, but an amazing referee. Pasty, what do we have to say about WWE's hottest couple? And we're not well, Seth Rollins. If you haven't heard about Lynch. this, you've been living under a rock. Mike Bennett has requested his release I have from been. WWE publicly, tweeting out. Today I asked for my release from WWE. I want to thank everyone in the company who has helped me out and who I have shared a locker room with. I love you all. I have been with the company for almost three years and sober for almost six months of those. I am incredibly grateful for the opportunity. However, it is time for me to move on. I am only 34 years old and I feel I have way too much left in the tank. Working one day a week is just not going to cut it for me. I came to WWE to work, and that opportunity does not exist right now. I resigned with the company back in June because I thought that it was best for my family. And maybe from a financial standpoint, it was. But I quickly realized that bringing my work frustrations and my misery home with me is not good for my family, and I no longer want my daughter to constantly see me come home cuckolded and defeated. Sad and angry. My daughter's cuckolded. It is not fair to her or my wife. Being a pro wrestler was my and is my lifelong dream, and I'm not just ready to give that up yet. I'm going to AEW. I wasted four years of my life addicted to drugs and not caring. And then I woke up next to Jeff Hardy and thought I should rethink my life when I should have been having the best matches of my life. (laughs) Now that I am clean, sober, and motivated... I want to have these 30-minute matches. I want to travel the world and wrestle in front of UK crowds, German crowds, Japanese crowds. He wants to go to NXT, baby! I want to feel the love and excitement of wrestling once gave me. I also want my daughter to be able to see me wrestle. I want her to see her daddy work for his money. I've never been okay with just collecting a paycheck, and I can't in good conscience tell my daughter she has to work her ass off to get ahead in life, then not do it myself. I don't know what the future holds, but for the first time in a long time, I'm hopeful and excited. Thank you to everyone who has ever supported me and has had my back. I love you. I will now sit on my couch for the rest of the next seven years... Because we know WWE is going to extend my contract when I refuse to work. <sighs> well, you know, Pacey, there is a member of that family who loves to wrestle, but she actually was pretty supportive of this, and that was Maria Canellis, who uh, WWE has posted as the uh, forbringer of the family. And she followed up with a tweet of her own, Pacey, and I'll... Uh, I'll spit that out right now. She said, quote, one, family first. Two, I love and support my husband. Now lay down and let me pin you. I make no apologies for either of my pregnancies. Four, Mike never went to rehab, nor did WWE pay for it. Five, 
Mike's addictions were from about September 2013 to July 2017. Six, we debuted in June 2017. Seven, he never took time off. Eight, I have not asked for my release. Oh, yeah, definitely got to make that one clear. Nine, you can unfollow me at any time if you don't like what I stand for. Ten, suck it. And a P.S. Have a nice day. Crossing the 90s, two most used wrestling phrases to sum up her statement. <laughs> so I got to have a nice day. Yeah, their contract's going to be at least seven years long, and neither of them are going to do anything ever again. Sad because I, I hate to say it, but I said it Sad when he first true. joined WWE. I've said it before then. I've said it, everything else. I'm not a big Mike Bennett fan, but I think Maria Kanellis is a underused talent. But if she's willing to love her husband enough to sacrifice her career, I give her all the credit in the world for that. That's that's huge. So good for her. But she's way better than him. Pasty, we need to move on to the injury report, which this week is actually pretty short, and I love that. It is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because my Lucha is Saurus. As the Lucha Saurus was not on AEW Dynamite this week due to a hamstring injury, Lucha Saurus was scheduled to team with Jungle Boy to feast the Lucha Bros. In a first-round match for the AEW Tag Team Titles mm-hmm. Tournament, due to the injury, Marco Stunt took the Dino's place. AEW officials reportedly decided to pull Luchasaurus from the match that afternoon, so he did not risk further injury, thus leading to the Jungle Bros falling oh, match. to the Lucha Boys. <laughs> I didn't think it was bad. Yeah, it was not a good match. You didn't like Marco um, Stunt and, and doing. You didn't like Marco Stunt's bad. Canadian Destroyer. <laughs> I thought it was bad. Marco Stunt's Canadian Destroyer was amazing. Stunt. I'm sorry. It, it definitely. I it honestly, I, I don't think Luchasaurus is injured. I just think that the fans are so behind them, they wanted to have a scapegoat as to why they weren't going to win the tournament. That's Mike. I could dig that. And maybe that leads into our next story, Pasty, which is that uh, Christopher Daniels also suffered a pinched nerve recently, and he's going to be out of action for a while. At least this is according to Kazarian. He said on his Twitter, update on the status of Daniels. The good news is he's okay. Diagnosed with a pinched nerve, his spirits are high. The bad news is he will be out of action for a while. Now, the fallen angel also commented on the injury and thanked everyone for the support. He tweeted, Injuries are the worst. They're like a tunnel where you don't know the length. You don't know when you'll see daylight again. But, 
I didn't come this far just to fade away, especially since I have unfinished business to attend to. Thanks for all the well wishes, everyone. I'll see you soon. Now, the fact that uh, Daniels has a pinch nerved would explain the angle on Wednesday's Dynamite that saw the Lucha Brothers attack Christopher Daniels and Scorpio, uh, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian, and injure Christopher Daniels, and would make Scorpio Sky replace him in their match against the best friends, which kind of came out of nowhere and didn't lead into anything, which was weird. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, I hope for a, a, a successful recovery for him if he is injured, but I don't think either of these guys actually are. I think it was just an easy way to write off them in the tournament. Possibly. I don't I don't see taking CD out of the uh, tournament for Scorpio Sky, but possibly, possibly. We don't know. This is such a new company, we don't know what they're willing to do. Yeah. Well, folks, then I'm going to end your night on the lowest note possible. As suffering from possibly the worst injury one could suffer, Rick Bogner, who perhaps most rec- who is most recognizable as the fake Razor Ramon character he portrayed in WWF from 96 to 97, has passed away at 49 years of age. Oh, no. No cause of death, death was released as of recording, but his death is said to have been unexpected. Before signing with WWF, he wrestled for FMW in Japan from 1988 to 1994. Bognar then briefly wrestled as Big Titan in ECW in 1996 before signing with WWF later that year. Take a moment with us to say goodbye to the fake bad guy. And hello to mm-hmm. Billy Ellish, who's the new bad guy. I love her. <laughs> She's like the Marilyn Manson of female pop music. I like it. I, I can get behind it. I mean, she's talented. It's good. I haven't listened to too much of her stuff because I'm not a teenager and shit, but. Hey, I am you? a teenager. <laughs> she was good on SNL. Yes, very good. With that being said, though, Pasty, I think we are done for this evening. And we got it all in in under two hours, Fat Mac. Congratulations. <laughs> it's been a good one. With that being said, Pasty, uh... Live long and prosper. And thank you for those of you who may have joined us live to take on the WWE conglomerate. Oh, God, that is that SmackDown on again. Fox. Oh, it's blowing. <laughs> Woo. Woo. I guess we better drift on out. 